Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now we often hear from people that failure and disappointments are a a stepping stone on the way to accomplishing a goal, to achieving something significant or even marking a defining time in someone's life. And there was a man called Norm Larson who certainly found that this was true. You see, in 1953, Norm and his staff of three were asked to create a, a special chemical that was to be used as a rust prevention agent for the aerospace industry. And after 39 unsuccessful attempts, they finally perfected the formula. And the product worked so well that employees were caught sneaking some of it home because they actually found ways to use it in everyday life. And it became such a problem that Norm needed to find ways to address this problem. And so he began to work out how could he manufacture this product in a domestic environment so people could use it economically in their homes. So by 1958, householders were able to purchase this product from local stores. And his business took off over the next decade and it expanded to hardware stores and sporting stores. In 1961, the product was used by victims of Hurricane Carla to recondition their water-damaged vehicles. In 1968, it was actually sent to soldiers in Vietnam to prevent moisture from damaging their firearms. You know, the same formula is still sold today. His company is now valued at $1.3 billion US dollars, and the product itself has over 2,000 different uses. Now, I bet there are actually many of you here who use this product, or you have a can of it in your garage. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? WD-40. WD-40. You see, the name of this product reflects its history. Water displacement on the 40th try. You see, Norm Larson and his staff proved that persistence through failure or setbacks can bring great success. And there's something about this story that really speaks to me, apart from the fact that I've used WD-40. Judy actually has a can of it sitting on her desk in the office, and it's a great little product. It's the inspiration that I draw from people who have their eye on a goal, who, despite setbacks, despite frustration, despite discouragement and disappointment, they keep pressing on. They keep moving forward. And I'm convinced that this is what faith is all about. It's about pressing on and moving forward despite the seasons of disappointment and discouragement. Now, it's a sad fact that many Christ followers allow setbacks and disappointments to derail their faith journey. And I believe nothing pleases the enemy more than a Christian who is discouraged or defeated. 
So if you're taking notes this morning, we're going to call this message Disappointments, Setbacks and WD-40. I'm wondering if there's anyone here this morning who's ever experienced failure. Wondering if there's anyone who's ever experienced a season of disappointment or discouragement. I know I've experienced setbacks at times when things didn't quite work out the way I expected. Times when I was tempted to toss in the towel and times when really it just all seemed too hard. Do you know that it took Thomas Edison, assistant, over 10,000 attempts to invent a reliable light bulb. And when he was asked why he'd failed so many times, he said, I haven't failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. Thomas Edison also said, many of life's failures are experienced by people who did not realise how close they were to success when they gave up. But you know, church, here's a profound truth. Our perceived failures and setbacks can become stepping stones to moving forward because it's often in those times when we hit rock bottom that Jesus wants to show us that he is the rock at the bottom and it's just a matter of our perspective. So this morning I want to unpack some scripture in Luke chapter 5, verses one to 11, and we meet some fishermen who are cleaning up their nets after a failed fishing expedition. So read with me, Luke 5. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. I love reading stories such as these and pulling them apart to find the hidden gems in them because there's always more to them than what meets the eye. There's always a truth to discover and to apply to our walk with Jesus. So we have a story about fishing there are fishermen and there are boats and there are nets and there are fish. Now, I suspect that there are a few people here today who have their own fishing stories. I also imagine some of them lack a little truth. But I want to draw some analogies this morning about fishermen and boats and nets 
in the context of our faith journey. And those times when we let our disappointments and our setbacks determine our perspective. So our story starts out with Jesus surrounded by a crowd. They're they're pressing in on him. They're eager to hear more of his teaching. And verse 2 says, Jesus saw two abandoned boats. These boats had been left there by fishermen who were now washing their nets. They'd been out all night, they'd come up empty-handed, there was nothing to show for their efforts. No doubt they were disappointed and discouraged. It had been a colossal waste of time. And they were washing their nets of all the gunk that they had dredged up from the lake. And I guess they were probably looking forward to heading home. But I want to make an observation about this word, saw. Jesus saw the two boats. Sometimes, you know, when the the chips are down and when everything is going wrong, you know, we can develop a mindset that we've been abandoned, that God has lost sight of us and that we've left floundering all on our own. And I just love the power of this word, saw. Jesus saw these boats. He saw the fishermen washing their nets and I think right away he summed up their situation because nothing escapes his attention and he can use any set of circumstances and turn them into a message. So Jesus gets into one of the boats and he asks Simon Peter to go out a little way onto the lake. It was probably the last thing Simon Peter felt like doing. Has anyone here ever been on a fishing expedition and all you've come up with is seaweed and a smelly old boot? It's pretty demoralising. So imagine being out in the cold all night long. You've got absolutely nothing to show for it except for a dirty net. But Simon Peter does as Jesus asks. And this is our first point about pressing on from disappointments and setbacks is that we need to allow Jesus to take control. You see, at this point in the story, we don't know how much Simon Peter knew about Jesus. He would have heard stories about him, but we don't see that he's actually encountered Jesus before at this point. But here's what we do know. Simon Peter allowed Jesus to get into his boat. Didn't put up any fuss, he didn't argue with Jesus. He just allowed Jesus to take control. And that's the starting point for us too. If if we want to turn our failures and frustrations and disappointments around, then we need to allow Jesus into our boat. We're all on a fishing expedition. It's called the journey of life. And just like Simon Peter, we experience those times where it's like a long night of fishing and coming up empty. When our very best efforts don't seem to be reaping the expected rewards and outcomes we planned on. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Through the power of Jesus in me, I can overcome my failures, my frustrations, my disappointments and setbacks. See, in our story about Simon Peter, it's important to note that he allowed Jesus to take control of an extremely important possession in his life, his boat. Peter's boat represented his livelihood. It represented his income. When you're a fisherman, your boat is your world. But Peter went ahead and he let Jesus take control of it. 
It's true, isn't it, that really there are some things that we just like to hold on to. There are things in our lives where we just really don't want to let go of. But in Luke 14, 33, Jesus says this, Those of you who are not willing to give up everything cannot be my disciples. You see, if your boat is so full of other stuff that you don't want to let go of, then how can Jesus find room in your boat? But here's the thing. If you allow Jesus into your boat, you can expect something significant to happen. If you look at the New Testament, you'll see what I mean. There was that time when Jesus and the disciples were out on the boat and that ginormous storm came up. What did Jesus do? He calmed the storm. And that's what Jesus does for us when we allow him into our boat. He has the power to calm the storms that threaten to overwhelm us. And then there was the time that Jesus and the disciples were out on the boat and they came across the demon-possessed man. What did Jesus do? He, He reached out in love and he brought healing and wholeness to that broken man. And that's what Jesus can do for us when we allow him into our boat. He redeems our broken dreams, our disappointments and our failures. He fixes brokenness because that's who he is and that's what he does. Have you got a dream that you've given up on? Is there a situation in your world where you're ready to throw in the towel and you've decided enough is enough? Jesus wants to step into your boat and change your perspective. When I was in March, in Nepal in March this year, I I met a man by the name of Rajendra. Rajendra was born a Hindu and at 18 years of age he was thrown into a Nepali prison for murdering his girlfriend. He was actually innocent. His girlfriend had actually committed suicide. But at a time when Rajendra should have been finishing his education and getting a job and hanging out with his mates, he found himself in an Nepali prison. And the wheels of justice, they, they turned very slowly in developing nations. And days became weeks, and weeks became months, and months became years. Through the prison fellowship, Rajendra was introduced to Jesus Christ and he became a believer. And he was in prison so long that he actually became the leader of the fellowship. After eight years and nine months, Rajendra was finally found innocent and released. Now there's no compensation for wrongful imprisonment in Nepal. But Rajendra is not angry, he's not resentful and he harbours no bitterness. And his perspective is actually that God allowed him to go to prison so he would encounter him. Despite the most horrendous circumstances, Rajendra allowed Jesus into his boat and it changed his life. Rajendra is training to be a church planter and his heart's desire is just to share Jesus whatever the cost. If you're in a season of disappointment, if you are encountering a series of setbacks that are threatening to derail you, then I want to encourage you to invite Jesus into your boat and allow him to take control. And this leads us to our next observation. The second thing is that we need to do what Jesus asks. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water 
let down the nets for a catch. Jesus tells Simon Peter where to fish, when to fish and how to fish. Now let's remember that Simon Peter is a fisherman. It's what he did for a living. He knew how to fish. He knew when to fish. He knew where to fish. If that was me, I think my dialogue would have been like this. This guy has got to be kidding. I gave it my best shot last night and got nothing. Why would I try again right now? And besides, he's been talking so long, it's the middle of the day and everybody knows you don't go fishing in the middle of the day. And who does Jesus think he is? He's a carpenter for heaven's sake. I'm a fisherman. He thinks he knows more about fishing than I do. But look at what Peter says in verse 5. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. You know, I think there are four of the most profound words in the Bible right there. Because you say so. You know, church, it's easy to call ourselves followers of Jesus, but it's a lot harder to actually act like one and to live like one. Here's what Jesus says, John 8, 31. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commands. So what did Simon Peter do? He went out into the deep water. He let down his nets and he started fishing just like Jesus told him to. It was the same lake he'd fished in the night before. It was the same boat and it was the same nets that had come up empty. And he was the same man who'd caught nothing before. Nothing had changed. You know, when Jesus first comes to the lake, he notices that the fishermen are washing their nets. They're, they're getting rid of all the dirt and the debris and, that had been caught up in them and they're getting ready to use them again. And here's the significant point of this whole passage. If you get one thing this morning, get this that even though the night before had been unproductive, even though they had experienced a setback by catching nothing, even though there was a sense of defeat, they were preparing to use their nets again. Do you get that? They were preparing to use their nets again. I want to say to you this morning, don't give up your efforts for God's kingdom. Don't let the devil use setbacks and disappointments to speak failure and defeat over you. I want to say to you, don't sell your net on eBay. Pick up your net and dream again. If the boat represents our lives, then the net represents our mission and our calling. Have you stepped out of your boat and cast your net aside? Psalm 145, 14 says, The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. In other words, God gives a fresh start to those who are ready to quit. And he puts us in places where we can meet him and have that new beginning and that fresh start. We need to take advantage of those opportunities. The other interesting thing in that verse 4 is that Jesus told Simon Peter to go out in the deep water. It's an important point, church. You see, deep water requires greater faith. 
It's the place where you can't see the bottom. It's the place where you can't stand. And the definition of deep water is water of considerable depth that is often considered hazardous. And it's the direct opposite to the shallows where you can see the bottom and everything is safe and comfortable. You see, God's calling us to be a people of faith, to step away from the comfort of the shoreline, out of our comfort zone and to the deep water where character is refined and faith is strengthened and miracles happen. How different might our lives be? If our default response to God was, because you say so. No making deals, no trying to justify our actions, no reasoning or compromise, just because you say so. I love the promise in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I believe two of the enemy's greatest weapons are disappointment and discouragement. But God wants to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. So don't let the devil hold you captive to your disappointments and your setbacks that stops you from receiving all that God has planned for you. Look what happens when Simon Peter ventures out into the deep with Jesus, verses 6 and 7. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners in the other boat to help them and they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When we allow Jesus into our boat, we experience his blessing. When we let go of things that are holding us back and we allow Jesus to fill us, our lives with his presence and his perspective and his purposes, that's when change takes place. Simon Peter has an interesting reaction, I think, when Jesus fills his nets with all those fish. He realises that he's standing in the presence of the King of Kings and the promised Messiah. And the miracle of the fish so overwhelms him that it causes him to call out, Lord, I don't deserve this. I'm a sinner. This is too good for me. And the whole incident proves to be a turning point in Simon's Peter's life. He recognises Jesus' sovereignty and he humbles himself before him. And this is our third point about pressing on from disappointments and setbacks and discouragement, that we still need to walk humbly with God despite the circumstances. James 4, 7 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It wasn't just by Simon Peter's efforts that the nets were full of fish. Yes, he gone down out into the deep and yes he'd physically let down his nets but it was Jesus who gave him the fish he knew that it was God who had blessed him and he was humbled you know a fundamental part of being a Christian is walking humbly before our God even when life is hard and it seems that everything is conspiring against us when we're facing disappointment humility says I'm trusting you for the outcome. Humility says I'm willing to cast my net again just because you asked me to. 
Micah 6.8 says, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To do what is right, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Humility can keep us moving forward in faith because we're trusting in God's sovereignty. Of course, this isn't the end of the story, is it? In fact, it's just the beginning for Simon Peter. Because of the miracle of the fish, Simon Peter resets the priorities for his life. And this is our fourth and final point. Disappointments and setbacks are actually an opportunity to re-examine the priorities in our lives and make changes. Verse 11 says, So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Picture this. They've just got back to shore. They've got the greatest catch of fish that's ever been known to man. And they leave it sitting there on the bank. They ditch their boats and they take off after Jesus. See, they realise that if Jesus could perform a miracle like that, he could do anything. Here they are with the King of Kings, the long-awaited Saviour, and he was inviting them to be part of the greatest fishing trip in the world and he extends the same invitation to each of us. And without hesitation, without question, Peter aligned his priorities to what was closest to Jesus' heart, which is fishing for people, and it changed his life. If you want to see a breakthrough in your situation, then perhaps it's time to reset some priorities in your life and to align your agenda with God's agenda. As I close, I want to share a personal story about what I've learned in my life about disappointments and setbacks. Most of you will know that I was the church um, administrator, manager, whatever, for 20-odd years, and a number of years ago I found myself in a very prolonged season of disappointment and frustration. Things uh, weren't going so well in church life here, and it seemed like every time we got some momentum happening, the, the rug was pulled from underneath us. We had a couple of seasons, extended seasons, without a pastor. They were hard times. And because I was the only paid staff at the time, the running of the church fell to me. And it was a, it was a lonely and difficult season. Some people had been badly hurt during this time and um, their anger needed a, a place to land and quite often it landed at the church office. And I felt like I was casting my net and coming up empty and I really began to wonder if it was all worth it. Led to a time where I battled depression and I seriously thought about chucking it in. During this time, this church was partnering with Ross and Donna Nankaro um, and Bible-believing churches and missions in India and they invited me to take a team to India to see the work firsthand. Janine was on that, that trip and Michelle and Alison. And we ended up in Nagaland, which is right up in the north of India. It's a little part of India that juts out and it's actually on the Burma border. It's actually a protected zone, so very few Westerners get to go there. You need a special permit to be able to get across the border. And we stayed at Springbud's orphanage for a few days, and 
had the most delightful time with the children. And Springbud's orphanage sits on this high, rocky outcrop overlooking this quite beautiful valley. It's actually quite breathtaking on a nice day. And one morning, Ross encouraged the team to take some time out and just enjoy spending time with God amongst his creation and creating space for him to speak into our lives. So I, I found a spot facing the valley and I began to pour out my, my heartache and my frustration to God as I, as I, and as I did, the Lord spoke Joel 2.25 into my spirit. I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. In other words, the, the years of difficulty and hardship have had a purpose, but they will be redeemed and there is a blessing coming. And so on the strength of that promise and that scripture, I came home and I let down my net again and I allowed Jesus to take me out into the deep water. And here's the thing. I could never have imagined what God was going to bring forth in my life. Every time I go to Nepal, I think about that mountaintop in India. Every time I stand in a room of church planters and I hear their amazing testimonies and I get to share the word with those faithful men and women, I think of what Luke said back in chapter 5, Lord, this is too good for me. I am just a sinful woman. And every time I go to an orphanage and I sit with those children assessing them for our child sponsorship program and I, I think, oh, life doesn't get any better than this. And I think, Lord, this is too good for me. I am just a sinful woman. Every time, every time I step foot in Nepal, I remember that mountaintop in India and the words God spoke into my life. Church, I want to say to you this morning, if, if you're in a season of disappointment and discouragement, if you're thinking of throwing in the towel, I want to encourage you to cast your net again, to allow Jesus back into your boat, to let him take you out into the deep water. Because here's the thing, he wants to do immeasurably more than you can ever hope or imagine. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org.